Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Ocean Bunker Podcast, which definitely isn't going to end up being a mess. Um, today is a really interesting time to do this, um, and I think we are all very acutely aware why, even, you know, the most casual of follower probably, probably is aware. Um, we've brought in a few people um, to kind of help us talk about the Middle East um, in what we hope is an understandable manner. Um, we have David from Aurora Intel, um, who is going to be providing us with some of the more, at least, Israeli or official view, um, along with a bunch of the debunking that he's been doing over the past, what, two weeks, really, that, that you've kind of been nailing in on it? Um, though I think, frankly, I have too, and, and pretty much everyone from the OSINT community has to a degree. Um, and we also have noted podcast guest member, Aleph, who, just just of note, we, we actually ended up missing a, a podcast recording window with him, um, I think a bit over a month ago now. And um, But he's here now to help us uh, understand a bit more as well. So I think let's just lead into it. Yeah, and the problem so... is, where do you, where do you start? <laughs> in, in, indeed. Yeah, no, 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 I... Um, I I very specifically did not uh, did not continue talking there because um, trying to nail down a place you know that's understandable here that doesn't have us talking back to I I don't know five thousand BC yeah um, is is difficult yeah I think we have to be pragmatic in our approach here and you know for the for the community that are going to be listening to this is there are those who will not have the history and will not. I'm not saying everybody won't write and everyone's opinion will be slightly different because what they read and how they interpret things. And this is always going to be a problematic thing when you come to these kind of podcasts. But I think we have to be pragmatic and know that most people are listening to this who are are going to be coming from really the October 7th timeline, aren't they, in that regard? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think it is sometimes difficult for people to contextualize um some of the older events if they don't exactly have as much familiarity with the entire situation um it, it's it's not exactly something that you can just really come into easily um just because and I'm, I'm probably going to say the word complexity 15 times or, or some variation of the word um because because it is it is truly a situation where I think we can lay out the baseline that both Israelis and Palestinians committed horrific acts against each other um, for at minimum since the 1930s basically is is when the level of violence really ramped up um, before the end of the British mandatory period. Um, and the violence ended up escalating to such a degree over the next 17 years um, that it ended with the, the British just giving up, um, in effect, and, and handing things over to the UN and saying, you know, well, good luck, everyone. We, we, we hope you have a fun time with us. Um, and I think that really that really sort of has seeded, and this, this isn't blaming the British, because frankly, the work that they did before the end of the mandatory period... Um, was heroic with the resources that they had, um, even if it led to where we are today and, and led to 
you know, obviously events like the Nakba and the the first war and then the second one and the third one and, you know, on and on. Um, but I, I, I really think that just to just to summarize it, both sides have have done the, the standard um, Middle Eastern approach of let's just kill everyone who disagrees with us. And, you know, if there's a bit, a bit of ethnic cleansing, it's kind of a side effect. Um, I can I can name. Good Lord probably 10 groups off the top of my head that have, you know, just in the Middle East alone in the last hundred years that have seen some level of ethnic cleansing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I think everyone here can agree that, that that is kind of the general baseline to approach the situation from. I'd say it's a pretty fair summary in that respect, you know. Um, I appreciate you not blaming the Brits as I stand here in Britain right now, so I'll take that on the chin. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I'm going to get that out there and say that, no, I don't live in Israel, because everybody seems to think I do. I live in Britain, but most people who have followed us for long enough on the Roar Intel seem to have grasped that. So, Yeah, no, I, I, I think most of us here have, have a level of background. I mean... I lived in Israel. Um, Aleph is also incredibly familiar with the region. Um, and, you know, it comes to the level where you more, where the more you study it, um, the more confusing things become. Mm. And, and frankly, that is, that is truthful for a lot of people actually physically on the ground. Um, there, there is a lot of, of nuance that people approach the situation with. I think that this this war from from the seventh of October um, is is unique in our in our life, right? Let's be realistic. We've seen skirmishes. We've been, you know, we saw you know the war in twenty fourteen. But this is this is in a whole whole different scale to what we've seen before. And I, and, I, and I think that is also amplified by the world that we live in now, which is in the sense of. It's very social media driven, you know, we've seen with, I know you didn't want to talk on Ukraine and Russia, but we use it as an example where we saw the OSINT community and and how people interact with information and data out there on the internet in a different light. And because this is such a heavily politically charged, emotionally charged topic of conversation, we have seen this in a whole different way to, to anything we've ever seen before. No, absolutely. And I, I think that even if you look at the events pre-2006, um, so if you look at the last war in Lebanon, um, events there were a bit more sort of constrained. Um, you, you, you really only saw a ground invasion in the tail end of the war. It was very much, you know, not that much maneuvering and... and a lot of as or not as many civilians were involved um even even going back to you know the the intifadas you know and peace processes um compared to the events of the seventh those were you know very minor and spread out um even though even though the individual attacks of terror there were not you know minor a any individual one was was fairly large um but I, I, I think that 
to a degree, we have not seen this level of just turbocharged violence against civilians from either side since... Uh, 48? 50? Like, mm. there there really, really isn't, like, a baseline for this, I, I, I don't think, um, since then. And, and this really, this, this is just kind of the end result, or, or, depending on what actions the Israelis take, the, the end state of, of sort of the existence of Hamas. Yeah, I think we can, I think we can all, you know... We can all agree that the the atrocities that happened on on October the seventh are absolutely horrendous. Um, mm. You know, I, I think that goes without saying. And you know, what we've seen also coming out of Gaza, where civilians are caught up in it as well, is absolutely is equally as horrendous. Um, it, it's and it's not going to get any. It's not going to get any easier. Um, and those civilians are caught in the crossfire of. Um, of of a horrendous situation I, I can't put it into words I, I think that's the the difficulty is there's, there's no there's no easy way to put it you mm. you can't you, you you just can't no it, it 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 isn't and it's a situation where the israelis have kind of been put into a corner in in a sense that they have to act like i mean you know you have hamas killing probably around 1500 or, or 1400 to 1500 civilians um you have you know just just acts that were committed on the 7th in in such a small space of time like it, it it is ridiculous how many civilians were killed in like a four hour period basically yeah. like like a four to six hour period that that's when most of these atrocities took place um yeah. And because they, because they targeted actually they they reached the first kibbutz uh, that they could, including Barry, including Ashdod, and, and lots of other kibbutzes. Uh, so they did as much as they could before they get neutralized. So I mean that's apparently that seems to be their goal, and they kind of achieved that. Yeah. No. 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 I from from an objective tactical and military sense Hamas and and even from a political sense because of what they managed to do every single objective they set out to do on the 7th was achieved like beyond probably what their reasonable expectations were they, yeah, they I was about they, to say I I think they did I think they did more than they expected I think they were way more successful than they ever thought they were going to be in what they wanted to do the Absolutely. damage to Israeli intelligence has has been quite strong from this too. Yeah, yeah. it was a it, it was a it was a complete failure in the in the Israeli intelligence, right? That and it prides itself, and there's always an opinion, right? And in, in that there always has been an opinion in the public eye, and those who who oppose Israel that Mossad are seen as the best, if not one of the best in the world, and it completely pull that wall yeah. and that that image down mm. no absolutely and even if you look and and i know this has been you know an accusation that's been thrown around that you know Mossad and the israeli government knew what was going to happen um 
which I I I find I find that one really really hard to believe just because it it is really hard to foresee an event like that happening and getting a bunch of people to basically turn their back and say eh, who cares if we have a bunch of civilians die um I think that we will probably see in the postmortems that the Israeli intelligence community does, I don't think it'll be released publicly. I don't. I. I. I do not think we'll have something similar to the 9/11 Commission. Um, maybe there will be, you know, a call for heads, and we'll see some level of public investigation. But I. I, I really don't think the end result will release that much information. Um, but if you there will look be at resignations happened, at a minimum. Absolutely. Right? Yes. You know, there has to be fundamentally, yeah. right? They failed as simple as that they failed yeah if if you look at and 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 i'm i'm still trying to veer us back on topic but if you look at what happened before 9-11 um there were there was a sense that something was coming but no one had or, or no single person had enough of the information collated no single team had enough of the information collated that they could directly ID what was coming. It yeah. did definitely everyone individually knew, you know, everyone's talking about something coming, you know, something's going to happen, but things get lost in the noise. And I'm, I am absolutely sure that is what happened with the Mossad. There, things. There is a thing here that, you know, after 9-11, the TSA regulations and standards have changed. Uh, well, I assume Israeli army was not, at least the southern command was not prepared for such a thing. Because as, uh, as you may know, uh, Hezbollah was trying to uh, actually do such a thing. They were conducting maneuvers, literally the same ideology except the paragliders. They, they were following the same same exact things. Uh, during all of their exercises, they were uh, motorcycle. Uh, actually, they were uh, bikers. They uh, there were uh, They were trucks. They there were uh, you know the the same guerrilla warfare that Hamas did in uh, as you said, let's say four or five hours, which was actually more. I mean, if we count the clearing the cities. <coughs> I'm sorry. So. Uh, I assume the Southern Command was not as ready as the Northern Command regarding uh, such a strategy for and such a blitz as an attack to actually to be prepared. The border forces were not, I assume, they were not trained properly for facing such a, uh, such a uh, I don't know what to call it, uh, such, an, such a kind of attack. I mean, the Northern are pretty much better, I assume, because Hezbollah showed that they are prepared for doing such a thing. But the Southern was that way. And as the Dave, as Dave mentioned, it was a def- definitely a failure. And also, uh, but, you know, uh, I assume uh, the, you know, lots of things are and have affected this thing, including it was a, it was a, it was a Sabbath, and uh, well, there was no proper there was no uh, you know ongoing conflict that came out of blue. So uh, yeah, of course the the intelligence 
agencies have to be blamed for sure, but I assume the forces that were positioned and they were deployed at the border were not ready. They were ready for something like a, a riot, like demonstrations as they call it. But for such a, a big kind of operation with all those uh, trucks, with uh, the attacks they started with lots of things, and they, you know, they started it with um, rocket attacks. I assume they started that for making the uh, border forces to uh, to let's, let's go with going for the shelters, or at least laying down on the ground for a few minutes. I mean, this was a very, very perfectly planned thing. And as Iran says, they are not involved. I assume they. Um, this is a strategy that is beyond the um, capabilities of Hamas. Hmm. <clears throat> to a degree, but at the same time, Hamas has shown the ability to at least put together a level of planning that, you know, you could see something like this coming from. Um... But at the same time, and it goes to Southern Command again, that, that previous Hamas actions were primarily focused on cross-border raids, small kidnap operations, nothing nothing major, nothing where they were actually putting together a force that could go immediately toe-to-toe with local Israeli forces and beat them. Mm. Um, yeah, that is true. They, I mean, the, the best achievement had, like, something that you can call genius was doing those... Uh, flagpole bombings and such but this was beyond Hamas uh, I mean uh, there was the, the image that people had from Hamas was not this and uh, yeah they they got what they could and they killed as much as they could and they conducted their operation and as you mentioned as they've mentioned this is way more successful as anyone could imagine that that could be achieved in like four or five hours and no, were... and and going, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on, go on. And and going back to that level of success, it has forced in in a way or or cornered the Israeli government into a level of response um, that then further uh, basically allows Hamas to achieve their goals. So it has, you know, the Israeli response by and far um, has alienated themselves with pretty much all of the Middle East. You know, the Saudis are, are still being pretty quiet on on what's happening, and, and, you know, the UAE to a degree as well, but but the rest of the Middle East, you know, even Iraq, you know, Egypt, uh, Jord, Jord, the Jordanians at large, well, to a degree, the Jordanians at large. Um, and, you know, be, beyond the Middle East as well, um, I, I think this is probably the most anti-Israeli sort of demonstrations and, and, and sort of anti-Israeli action um, that we've seen in a while um, in, in, in the West. You know, because something was added to, to the equation and that's the increase, increasing amount of social uh, platforms, including TikTok and well, uh, Twitter got more popular and so on and so on. I mean, we had uh, on 2019, if I remember correctly, it was November or May, when uh, Israel attacked <clears throat> the building that uh, Baha Abu Atta from the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group and assassinated him. 
Well, uh, there were no, uh, I mean, uh, the, the type of the reactions were not this much wide and you couldn't see this much of this information as well. And we are seeing campaigns right now against both both sides, including the Palestinian side and Israeli side. Uh, you know, uh, I'm seeing lots of different uh, online fronts. So the the actually definitely the reaction, the international reaction, can be uh, affected by these uh, online activities and social activities on internet, and it can bring people on the streets. Uh, I mean, uh, the amount that we are seeing, the, the, the amount of airstrikes and artillery strikes on Gaza, especially in the northern side, I mean, uh, in Beit Lahia, in, uh, in Jabalia, in, in the cent- center of the Gaza city, not the strip, the city itself. Uh, it's, uh, well, if, if, we, if we do a, uh, like a total count, yes, it is way bigger than 2019, 2000. Uh, 21 but you know uh, Israel announced that this this is this is going to be something bigger and longer and you know it's a response to something way bigger and and uh, something that uh, you know with one Israeli killed there is a smaller uh, response for sure but this one was over as you mentioned uh, 1400 so the type of the response uh, respond is uh, has changed as well as, well, I mean, uh, I assume the cabinet knows that the administration knows that if they don't respond properly first, this can repeat again, mm. either from the southern uh, front or from the northern front. And also, there, there could be a vacuum, a political vacuum in, the, in, in Tel Aviv, because uh, people won't be happy if there's no proper response especially with the promises and the, with the vows that the government uh, has already done and has already uh, made that we are going to wipe uh, Hamas off the planet, off the earth. I assume uh, Israel is in a bad situation, is in a bad uh, circumstance to, uh, I mean, it has to fulfill its promises on the other hand, it ha- it has to save its reputation, uh, and we are seeing they're dropping papers, dro- they're dropping banners to say move move towards south and such, because they don't want to lose what they achieved in the past three four years, including the uh, you know the uh, normalization agreements with Bahrain with. Uh, with United Arab Emirates, and they are look, they're looking forward to uh, make a not, let's not call it a peace agreement, but a normal uh, normalizing their relationships with Saudi Arabia. So I assume Israel has to take, uh, I mean, take as much as cautions uh, as it can, but still, it's a very very hard way to take. Still, I stand with Dave's point with. Uh, about the mistakes that uh, that Mossad made, which led to all these things that happened in 15 days so far. The the more we look at this situation, the more it parallels with 9/11, as as you say. For for Israel, the events of October 7th were their 9/11, and 
like 9-11, we have obviously seen there has been some sort of major intelligence failure, as we've already mentioned. But we're also now seeing a response that, to all intents and purposes, mirrors the US response to 9-11. They now are dealing with that anger and that grief of what arguably they, they didn't really see coming. And now they kind of have to act and they have to you know, face up to the, the threat on, on their border in this case obviously for the US it was it was a little further away but they have to face this threat and they have to deal with it in a way that as Aleph says you know they have to try and maintain their reputation they have to try and maintain a level of sort of respect and, and so on from the international community but they also have to deal with their own audience their, their, their domestic audience and be seen to act in such a way as to ensure that this never happens again i mean could could you imagine right if there hadn't been that response from the idf right Let, let's you know you break um, and break it down right if they what it took them what three days 72 hours to get things under control imagine if that had taken you know a week right could you imagine the extra devastation that that group of people would have done to civilians? You know, the, the mm. things that we see and that we hear that are coming out. You know, and I'm not distracting from the fact that civilians are suffering in Gaza right now. And they are, right? That's fundamental. But could you imagine if Israel hadn't responded in, in, in any sense of form or couldn't have got control over it? That would have been, a, you know, it's a massacre as it stands and we're comparing it to 9-11. But could you imagine how that would have continued to have gone on and mm. on? and on it wouldn't have stopped right this was this was a mob mentality in backed by a terrorist organization they created they they have successfully done the biggest one of the biggest terror attacks it, the world has ever seen in in our lifetime as it stands yeah and i think i think the 9-11 comparisons are probably a bit subpar um especially to what it's done to the israeli psyche mm. um and drawing direct relations, I mean, it, yeah, the not, if you look at the U.S. response to 9-11, bar the invasion of Iraq, because that, that's, that's kind of it separate um, on, on its entire thing. If, if you look at the actions that were taken in Afghanistan, super targeted, super successful. Uh, even if you look at the early Iraq war, super targeted, super successful, very quick bad. regime change. Things bad. didn't melt down yeah. for a bit bad conclusion as the left said if you look at the immediate idf response to the events of the 7th in gaza there is a level of punitive response that can be seen they are anger. They're, destroying they're, it's anger it's anger they are destroying some neighborhoods from the yeah. basically the sake of destroying the neighborhoods yeah. um and i i think we didn't see that to, in the U.S., 9-11 response, because, you know, if looking at the total population percentage that was affected, you know, I mean, sure, yes, tons of people in New York knew someone that was very directly affected by 9-11 or even killed by 9-11. Man, if you look at Israel after the 7th, like, I I knew people who were killed. Like, and I, I lived in Israel for, frankly, a very short amount of time. Like, everyone knows someone who died. Like, it is so incredibly deeply damaging to the Israeli people, like, as a whole. 
like very deeply. Um, and that's there one of the a, reasons why there's a difference here. The, the population in Gaza and the population density in Gaza is not comparable with Afghanistan and either uh, and, 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 and neither with Iraq. I mean, uh, you're uh, the, the amount of people that are living in one neighborhood, uh, is not really comparable with what's going on in Gaza. Also, uh, well, Hamas knows that what they are doing, they were previously uh, videos that they are using uh, civilian infrastructure to uh, launch their missile, launch their rockets. I mean, uh, yeah, it can be some, there, there can be some uh, angry airstrikes, angry attacks or blind attacks, but um, there's a huge difference here. Yeah, I think, you know, to, just to, sorry for interrupting you there, Dave, but it's like, you know, I've I've never had to explain how, never had to explain so many times what a roof knock is, right? Mm. You know, yeah. you know, you know, and today I saw footage of a, of a tower getting knocked down and I actually haven't checked which one it was, but there was a line of people still standing recording this tower before it got hit by two, by, by two JDAMs. And I'm sitting there going... They're still doing roof knocks. People clearly know these buildings are coming down still. You know, these the, the footage is there in the open. And, you know, you, you look to where we were two weeks ago. People are now understanding, you know, that a lot of these stuff is there is warnings, right? You know, the leaflets, the yeah, telephone yeah. calls, the text messages, the, the roof knocks. There's all these mechanisms that have been put in place, you know, to, to minimize that. And just to go back a little bit, and I... I'm, Apologies, I, you know, just to just go back to this whole 9/11 thing. I think the, the other difference with the, the the Iraq and Afghan pieces, it wasn't all, it wasn't quite on America's door, right? This was this is a border that we're talking about here. I appreciate that you know you had extremists within the country, right? And and that's a different kind of thing. But Iraq and Afghan didn't border Israel. There wasn't just a bit of concrete and a fence in between them, right? It it's a different scenario. And yeah. I think we need to be be mindful of that as well. It's you're literally dealing with people who were in the country with guns, killing, slaughtering, um, doing horrific things who were there right in front of you, basically, which is as with Iraq and Afghanistan, it was in quotations over there. No, absolutely. And and if you look at, you know, what Hamas's messaging has been, it's we're going to do it again. That's they they are they're incredibly clear that this is their mission. They completed it. And if they have the chance to do it again, they will obviously take it. And the Israelis are well aware of that threat. Um, well, at, at, at least today they are um, that that is an, not necessarily an existential threat to the Israeli state, um, but a massive threat to the well-being of Israelis in the South. Hamas has one goal. It wants to eradicate Israel. Yeah. It's very yes. clear on that. And that, that isn't that. like, that, that isn't, you know, a goal they're, they're, you know, nebulous about. That isn't us, you know, saying everyone who says from the river to the sea, you know, wants to kill every Jew. No, that that's like exactly what Hamas has said they want. Yeah. They, they, they want to kick every single Jew out of the Levant and they they wish to to destroy the state of Israel. That that is and, named and, goal. And the, yeah, and the river to the sea thing, right? Is it's and that you know we've seen some scenes from London and 
um, I'm going to say Sweden in general because I can't remember where it was in Sweden. We saw things, you know, we see we've seen people chanting that, right? And I don't think they actually understand what they're chanting. They don't realize they are they. That's what they're actually saying either. Yeah, no. From the river to the sea is literally a message of ethnic cleansing. Like, yes. Period. End of story. That is yeah. what it is. Like. People can try to claim, oh, no, you know, it's about liberation for Palestinians. It and it's like, no, like, it like free Palestine is is a great message. You know, it, it, it has some connotations, but it, it it's it, it's much, much less about the whole, you know, let's go kill all the Jews part of things. That, that um, is their goal. That That is what the, what is what defines them, the, the, the image in their. The, the picture in their uh, uh, in their flags in their emblems are, are are quite certain about it. I mean, the, the Iranian regime that is backing them uh, has a, a square in the center of Tehran called uh, Palestine Palestine Square, previously known as Koch or Palace uh, before the Islamic Revolution, and they have a counter that that says, "This much days are left to the end of uh, till the end of the." Uh, they say Zionist regime. This this is this is actually based on one of the Khamenei, the Iranian sup- supreme leader's talks that said Israel won't see the uh, next 25 years. And uh, well, this is this is what Hezbollah is trying to do. What is uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad is trying to do, and what is Hamas is, uh, was trying to do and is trying to do and will do if it remains as a um, so-called resistance group. <clears throat> and you know, this is not going to end here. Uh, well, they are pretty much aligned with each other. From I mean, uh, you, um, you know, the um, UAV strikes, the uh, rocket attacks on Ain al-Assad in, on Harir, on um, the Syrian bases are pretty much aligned. They were silent for over a year. I'm, I'm talking about the Iraq attacks. And, uh, well, they all started... At, uh, together even though that the Iranian regime announced that we are not we didn't order Hamas to do that but uh, we support their uh, their cause and uh, the, the you know uh, Khamenei's uh, one one of the one of the uh, most important Khamenei's advisors Shamkhani uh, said that this is a uh, precise example of a legitimate self-defense as well as on the national tv of iran i was listening to them uh they literally said that the the in the streets of gaza there won't be hamas members who are only hamas members they are people who are trained i'm not talking about uh, civilians i'm talking about gaza members they said there are people who are trained by the irgc to fight so uh this whole thing about uh, they want to eradicate Jews and, as they say, send them back to Europe, is is not just a uh, is not just an empty threat. This is their goal, and it remains their their goal as long as they have the guns in their hands. No, absolutely, and like they they are not. You know, they don't waffle around about that. That looks like that is not something that anyone in Hamas will really disagree with. Like, sure, if if you see the leader of Hamas going on Saudi television and talking about, you know, it, the the interview that he did was was honestly, frankly, 
massive props to the 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 Saudi anchor and I I I do not remember her name specifically. Um but but she drilled in very accurately on, you know, what are your beliefs? And yeah, d- 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 you know, the the it, his answers were were pretty clear on on what the intention was, you know. It, so what if well, correction. Apart from the the denial that any civilians were killed, you know, his his general message was, you know, so what? This is you know, this like, is our mission. This is a belief um, that they have. I I see it on Arab and and Persian social media. I'm not talking about normal people. I'm talking about the people who are against Israel. I'm talking about the accounts that are affiliated with IRGC and with. Well, other uh, militant groups that are in contact or and are being supported by IRGC, that they say there is, this is clear, I'm quoting this, they say there is no civilian in Israel. This is their belief. So when you and I are saying civilians were killed, they say there is no civilian in Israel. We killed uh, occupiers this is this this is the uh, this is precisely the thing that they say and they claim and they do Mm. so when they when they are when they're monkey dancing on a dead uh, on a a dead woman's body this this is what they believe that they believe that you are uh, not you yourself that that person that they are doing all these things to and the group of people that they are doing these things to are not civilians. They don't believe they're civilians. Well, it, it's not just that, but I mean, again, Arabic language, Twitter is absolutely fucking unhinged. Absolutely insane place to be on. Um, but, you know, I mean, the, 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 the general view, or not, you know, I, I don't like to generalize because it's social media and social media is always crazy. Um, but, you know, the, the, it has to be wiped out that the, the existence of Israel is incompatible. And it's worrying, particularly in the West, where we are seeing so much for support, particularly in the last two weeks. We've seen so much in the way of protests. Um, obviously, as David mentioned earlier, London has been a, a particular focal point in the West for some of these protests. You, know, you, 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 look, at, you look at London, right? And we're going to use this as an example, right? And I'm going to home in on what you're saying there. It's like, I think it was The Guardian yesterday or two days ago, put an article up saying that anti-Semitism has rised 1,500% in the UK mm. in two weeks alone. That is horrendous, right? Yeah. That is a stat that should be just not even exist, right? Simple as that, foremost and foremost. And then you see photos going around from the London protest, and I think it was a piece of cardboard stood up that said Hamas was right, or something like that. And it's yeah. like, how is that person even... You know, that is someone who is standing in the middle of London praising a terrorist organization and we have a tweet up on the internet saying, hi, can you help us find this person? Why wasn't it dealt with? Why was it left to 24 hours later? That just shouldn't happen in this world. Everybody has a right to their religion. Everybody has a right to how they want to live their life. And it's not that's just not happening anymore you've got people scared to walk through the streets and well uh, in iran three four days ago they entered one of the uh, you know i'm not jewish so i'm not familiar with these uh, references one of the jewish uh prophets as they say and they burned the israeli flag 
in the vicinity of that tomb of that prophet, which is a very holy site for uh, Jewish people in Iran. So this is not going to stop as long as it, as someone, as some group, and as uh, as a uh, as some community stops it somehow, put a stop on it. Hmm. No one will. Yeah. I think, I I think in, in, innocent people on, on both sides are suffering here, right? Around the globe. Muslims, okay. Jews, everyone, everyone's everyone's going to suffer from this. It's, we, you no, know, it's, I, it's, yeah, absolutely. This is, this is probably the most horrifying situation because you have a group whose main goal is killing one group of people. Um, and one of their, you know, methodologies to doing it is basically killing their own people to do so um either directly or indirectly um where and 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 they they commit an act that's so heinous um that that causes a second group to throw away some of the the basic provisions for the production of civilian life that we've seen um and so, yeah, it, it results in a, a horrifying situation. You know, I live in Turkey, and where I live, there was a store. This is very off-topic, but I'm just I'm just pointing it out. Uh, there was a store uh, that had a very, uh, well, not a very good grammar, but an A4 paper with a handwritten uh, Hebrew about their business, just, just to attract Israeli uh, tourists and I noticed that they removed that uh, piece of paper after withering like a week ago I mean this is how unsafe people even local people who are who are just dealing and having business with normal Jewish people uh, apparently speaking Hebrew is a dangerous thing these days I, I'm seeing these things with my own eyes and just imagine how people who are wearing kippahs in the world are feeling right now and it's uh, it, sorry i need i need to i need to drop in a minute but i just wanted to say look we've, we've been talking now for 55 minutes right you know give or take and it's kind of like we haven't even scratched the surface of this right yeah. you know there's so much more we could go into right now and, and i think that from my perspective right on, on this is when we you know when technical did the introduction earlier on right and we still we talked about it being complex this really shows how complex this is we're 55 minutes in and we we haven't even got into the the intricate details of what is really even going on on the ground now two weeks oh, no, in. We, we haven't even finished scratching the surface of this situation no, it's, it's, i haven't even touched yeah. on the media side of it yet yeah you know i haven't even touched on the dis you know you talked about disinformation earlier on where we're looking at you know videos of that that are coming from like sudan or that are coming out from two years ago in in in, in iraq or you know i a stray dog who, who's shivering getting getting food is being portrayed as a, as a dog and guy and it's like the amount of stuff that there is to talk about in this it just shows how unbelievably difficult this and this situation currently is yeah and we, we've got to remember as well there's there's this whole discussion at the moment around proportionality of response from israel and i i, I did put it out as a tweet not that long ago but the the, the question that a lot of us have to consider and, and that I don't really think there is a, a genuine answer to is Israel is facing 
a group of people who desperately want to see its destruction. They, they want to see the complete elimination of the Jewish people, of the Israeli people. You know, we're not just talking Jews here. That There have been uh, Arabs and various other ethnic groups in Israel who have been subject to the, the target of these attacks on, on October 7th and since. And there are a number of casualties who are not Jewish. And it's it's been very... Um, and yeah, you've seen the Bedouin, right? The Bedouin exactly, are yeah. in arms as well. There's, you know, there was actually some Palestinians who were killed as well. You've yeah. got Thai, you've got all these, all these multinational people that are workers and community members and, and and everybody. It is an international, it's an international thing. Yeah, I, I was going to say calamity. I don't even know if calamity is even the right word. It is just, it's just an international situation that there is no end in sight to at this moment in time. And, no, and, Israel and at has... this point, the people suffering are going to be the Palestinians in Gaza. That Those Palestinian civilians are the ones now, at this point, bearing the brunt of this. Yeah. And a lot of them really don't have the best option out of it. Like, like what are they supposed to do? Try to, you know, corral themselves or, or, or try to travel south in, in Gaza? Like when when Hamas is preventing them from doing that, and you know, when Egypt keeps the Rafah border closed, and you know when Israelis have made it pretty clear that they're going to level a good portion of Gaza City, like there's there's. Uh, let me clear something. I'm sorry for interrupting, but uh, I don't know if you know about Rafah, uh, the the uh, border with Egypt, but uh, if you look at left of Rafah the west side of Rafa. Uh, you would well, know, there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, precisely. That's, uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking about, that maybe uh, the Egyptian government right now doesn't have the proper infrastructure for for hosting this much people. So well, there might no, no, no. Be... I mean, the, the Egyptian government is pretty clear that they don't want more Palestinian refugees. I mean, they've, they've, they've been, frankly, honestly, very, very clear that they don't. If, if you'd seen... I assume we can add something else that Egypt doesn't want to take the risk to take more Hamas member yeah. members in their country uh, in the name of refugees because we saw activities of Hamas members in 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 Sinai in uh, northeastern Egypt near the Israeli and Gaza border. So I assume that it's not just about the humanitarian uh, problem. It's just that they are uh, afraid. Uh, of their own national security matters too. Sorry, well, I'm going to drop, but thank you very much for the... No, the and thank you so much for, for coming on to help us. No, I'll listen to the rest of this later on, I'm sure. Uh, Cheers, everyone. Thank you. See you, mate. Um, but as, as I was trying to say, um, th the issue we've got is that Israel has to somehow work out what a proportionate response is to what they face and as i say the, the the israeli state is facing a threat that wants to see its complete destruction it wants to eliminate the state of israel and i don't know that there is necessarily a proportionate response to that what what do you do to survive you know where where do you draw the line between you know a, a reasonable amount of force to use in order to survive and you know, where is going beyond that? 
I, I, when, I don't when, I don't think that's a, a, a sort of a a line that anyone can really draw at the moment. The the other problem is that the stated goal, uh, or or one of the goals, not stated actually, um, of of your enemy is to make it so it is politically impossible for you to survive as well. Mm. Um, and and if you look at at what Hamas wants, they they want the Israelis to cause as many civilian casualties as possible. Yeah, they want the Israeli government to alienate itself. Um. The Israeli government seems pretty okay with doing that at the moment, um, with with their current strike sort of planning. Um, you know, they 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 have taken some actions, as Elif has said. You know, roof knocks and and other things, but still the 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 consequences of losing your house to an airstrike is 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 still pretty significant. And yeah. I mean, we've seen that with bulldozing actions in the west bank you know that there's 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 a degree to to the consequences of that that aren't just human they're 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 long-term they're economic they're they're you know sociological they're 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 physical yeah. um there there are these long-term impacts where there's a reason why hamas doesn't want people to evacuate south yeah. Um, there's a reason why, if you look at the general media environment that Hamas has fostered within Gaza, among, you know, young civilians, it is, you know, well, if an Israeli airstrike kills you, the Israeli airstrike kills you, you know, it is what it is. Um, Can I jump in in the middle? First, uh, about the West Bank, uh, about the uh, bulldozer thing you know they they need a court order so this is not an imminent or immediate uh reaction when they find the terrorist's house or uh, his family's house i'm saying i mean i've i've talked with lawyers who have who've argued in front of these courts i mean it's it's not a rubber stamp but it's pretty close to a rubber stamp yeah if it's proven that this is this this that that particular house belongs to a terrorist uh, it usually gets demolished somehow, but and, and uh, usually if it's associated as well, that can true. that can also result in demolishment. That is true, and also uh, I mean with the beginning of the approval for airstrikes in the West Bank since June, if I remember correctly, uh, the 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 type of the responses have changed somehow. Uh, we we saw an airstrike in Jenin, uh, in or Nablus. I'm not sure actually. I was pretty sleepy uh, last that night. That seemed to be directly related to a raid, though, as well. No, no, I'm I'm talking generally. I'm I'm talking about the whole whole kind of uh, the, the actions that Israel is capable of at the moment. I mean, uh, it's no, it's not the things that we see in the social media. Israel has nu- nuclear bombs and they, it can nuke Gaza or blah blah blah. I'm talking about the th- things that are legit to to the state of Israel and they are doing it at the moment. But I believe that what what is Israel doing right now? Uh, I'm talking about the air strikes. I'm talking about the artillery strikes. Are just a portion of what what is coming in the coming coming days. I'm not saying weeks because I believe that uh, with all the warnings that they are sending to um, the citizens of Gaza, especially the northern parts. I'm I'm talking about the Beit Hanun. I'm talking about the uh, uh, Beit Lahia and, and so on. Uh, 
it seems that what is coming for Gaza is nothing uh, in comparison with uh, with what's going on right now. And uh, I assume they have the support of the majority of the uh, Israeli people because they are uh, pissed off. They are, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that in the uh, <laughs> podcast. They are... <laughs> uh they they are not happy with what with what's going on remember um who who said that that everyone knows someone who's dead it was you uh you know uh it's the same thing in israel too because someone's nephew someone's cousin someone's friend's friend got killed around the kibbutzes near the gazan uh no, that's that's what i was talking about every everyone knows someone who's been killed true i i one of the one one of the people who was killed in Gaza was my Facebook friend. We played Facebook games back then, like four or five years ago together. And uh, I knew him, not not personally, but we talked, we we, uh, we exchanged some information, we exchanged some news. And he was not a Hamas person or such a thing. I, I also know someone who who, who, who died from, uh, from what Hamas started since October 7th. But uh, I assume that Israel is pretty much serious about the plan that they announced about uh, wiping off the Ham- uh, wiping Hamas off the earth. Again, no, certainly. It's... And, and the, problem, the problem is, well, at least with the, the current Israeli government, is that the, the individuals in power have an idea of what they want to happen. Um, maybe not necessarily the best idea of if they can do it. Mm. Um, like, again, the, their stated goal is Hamas is basically ISIS, or Hamas is ISIS, um, and, and they want to destroy Hamas. Mm. Um, I I have doubts that that is in any way, shape, or form possible. People, you know, want to talk about, oh, well, the Israelis are going to, you know, genocide Gaza. Like, they can't. Like, no. that's... It's not possible. Like that's 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 kind of beyond the capabilities of of Israel. Um, like like just just actual practical capabilities getting past you know any any want or desire to do so. Like the, the capability of actually doing it just isn't there. Yeah. Um, True. And they they've. But but. If you look at back in two thousand five two thousand six, with the disengagement from the Gaza Strip. The Israelis basically moved everyone who, you know, all the Israelis who lived there on the various kibbutzes, left all the the infrastructure in place and moved them out of of the strip, um, and and basically went forward and and allowed the the people of Gaza and and you know as part of the peace plan the West Bank, um, you know, plans to 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 self govern. They 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 kind of blessed the elections that were going to happen. Um, and what ended up happening was Hamas took over the Gaza Strip, killed all the Fatah members, and proceeded to turn it into basically a militant state, hmm. um, independent of the West Bank. Because you know, the Gaza Strip and the West Bank do not have any relations in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Hamas hates the, the Palestinian Authority and, and Fatah, especially in the West Bank, almost as yes. much as they do Israel. Um and, and you know they 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 then started basically in 2006 preparing for for today in in effect yeah. preparing 
for you know potential Israeli invasion and, and and preparing to continue to commit acts against the Israeli state in order to you know move forward and and, and push for its downfall. Um, and I think the, a lot of the Israelis see that as well. We disengaged. We gave them pretty much what they wanted. We we moved our people out. We gave them a bunch of you know of resources. Um, and look at where that got us. And that is, yeah. that is, from what I've seen, a prevailing Israeli view on the left. Oh, sorry, on the right. Now, if you look at some of the left in Israeli society, on, on some of the more, you know, pro-coalition, pro, you know, two-state solution, your, 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 your academics, and, 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 and a lot of the people who, who sort of move towards either, either a two-state solution or, or some solution with, with Palestinian self-governance and, and, sort of a peaceful 90s style solution to the problem um you'll see yeah, them more. say that that the blockade and that the other actions taken by the israeli state didn't help it, it fomented a level of resentment among the people of gaza and, and the people of the gaza strip and allowed hamas to continue continue to grow and basically sabotaged any hopes of of the pa and the more reasonable or more moderate elements like Fatah from from actually being able to govern and then sort of put together a government in any way shape or form that was reasonable um, to be honest i won't i won't call Fatah the 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 uh the uh palestinian authority a peaceful uh party though, this is cause... this is in comparison to Hamas. yeah true, this but, is but, but yes the martyrs there, the martyrs uh, fund exists Hamas. and Hamas has has an arsenal of uh, rockets, and uh, well, in the in the West Bank, the the parts that are under the control of PA don't uh, have that arsenal. So I mean, uh, it's 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 the matter of the power, it's the matter of the uh, weapon they're holding in their hands. So uh, they are they have to act more uh, like let's say act calmer somehow because they don't have the proper uh, weapons and so on i mean we we saw i i, I don't know how, how much do you follow the west bank news but i do that like in, in a daily basis so i see that lots of terrorists what is being called terrorists that are being uh, neutralized almost every night a lot of them are the members of the security forces of the palestinian authority they are fighting the same way that the Hamas uh, militias were fighting in the southern Israel near the Gazan communities. So, uh, well, uh, I don't want to imagine, but I can somehow imagine that if what if they 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 had enough rockets to launch at the Israeli uh, areas, Israeli cities, Israeli communities, uh, they. Uh, I assume that when when we don't have uh, when we never uh, tried that scenario that the Fatah is capable of launching rockets, we can't call the Fatah a way more civilized or calmer party. I'm I'm conscious of time, um, and we, we've obviously been going for a little while, but um. As as we said at the start, this is a topic that we could really let's, sort of let's discuss. Sell this, for a... these, let's make it episodes and sell it to Netflix. <laughs> we, we we could we could nope, probably nope, spend. They would not touch this one with a ten foot long. Yeah, <laughs> we we could probably spend the next three or four hours continuing to sort of 
scratch the surface of, of this topic really but yeah. i i think israel needs to sort of have a, a a real look at the situation and decide where it's going to be satisfied because ultimately we, we as, as as you said technical whether or not it's going to be possible for them to actually completely eradicate hamas i, I very much doubt they will um i i think there are far too many complexities with that kind of an operation and ultimately you, you're never going to be able to get rid of an ideology in, in, in quite that way um, I think it's fair to say you know the US and its allies spent 20 years in Afghanistan trying to get rid of the Taliban and trying to bring stability to that part of the world and ultimately 20 years clearly wasn't enough and I don't but think Israel will have any sort of you know success in the same regard when yeah. it comes to Hamas even if Israel is successful in getting rid of the existence of Hamas in Gaza there are still going to be Hamas members and Hamas supporters around the world as we've seen in recent weeks uh, you know through through the various protests in, in western countries and that, that's something that Israel has to recognise and they're going to have to come up with a realistic sort of end game result that they are aiming for certainly I, I, I do think you have to draw a distinction because there there are certainly hamas supporters who, hmm. who are protesting hmm. in the west um, but, but you know this is this is going to be you know do you have the same concept and definition of isis today uh uh as 2014 do you well i, I mean it's a completely different organization today than it was oh, then. Uh, they, they were ruling. They were they they were uh, holding cities. They they had members. They had supporters everywhere. They mm. still have. They still do. Uh, I assume that uh, what could happen to Hamas will end Hamas if if Israel, uh, uh, you know, uh, fulfill its promises. Will uh, what will be left from Hamas is going to be what is left from the ISIS right now I mean yes of course there are ISIS members they they uh, you know they oh, they announce they announce their own calif uh, caliphate these days but after this one the other one comes and so on but uh, there is no Islamic State as they were holding cities in Iraq in 2014 uh, so I assume uh, that would be a huge achievement well, I mean I, I, I think the problem right now in the Gaza Strip is Gaza does have home rule objectively like that is you know Hamas is the internal has the monopoly on power within it within Gaza they have they have the monopoly of violence um, and in general they they have executed on that for the past you know 18 years um whereas there is a certain or 18 well, well yeah about 18 years um where there is a certain level of disconnect i think um is in how the israelis want to get rid of an organization like hamas um because if you look at how ISIS was defeated, and, and ISIS, if, if you look at the number of, you know, 
of fighters per square mile, ISIS had was you know far less density than Hamas did. Um, you know, ISIS was defeated through a very slow, direct action that took years. A lot of bombs, years and years and years, a lot of coalition yeah. deaths. Thousands um, of sorties from Ekaturi, from from uh, Qatar, from United Arab Emirates, from uh, even from Turkey. So uh, I'm, I'm talking about yep. the... Uh, what was that and, uh, base? And I don't know. Um, let's be honest, like a lot of the actions taken, especially in Iraq, to true. pacify the areas that were held by Hamas, the some of the actions taken by PMUs really really if there was an independent war crimes investigation that went after what some of the pmus did following you know the the fall of isis especially in ramadi and and in 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 the western um euphrates valley um woof yeah no i mean the the actions taken were were yeah because they were documented but uh, you know because there were proper journalists in uh, in Iraq thanks to the not thanks thanks to the but because of the uh, Iraq war but right now have you have you ever have you ever heard a person a journalist a I don't know any individual who talks against Hamas and who is living inside Gaza uh, I mean uh, this there's a difference here that, that there is uh, they had the, they had the movement that there, there was a hashtag on 2018 or 19. I'm not, I'm not certain that they were. The hashtag in in English was "We want to leave." Uh, I had a bunch of tweets and threads uh, about about the whole situation and about the suppression of the people and they were being held in, uh, let's call them underground prisons and uh, there is no one who can publicly announce or uh, announce their uh, disagreement with Hamas or denounce uh, Hamas inside the Gaza Strip. Uh, that is why that that is uh, why Hamas is clearly using people as human shields because uh, there is no disagreement. There is no uh, you can't call it a democratic thing. I mean, in the West Bank, in the Palestinian Authority, there is also no uh, democracy because every time there is a so-called election it gets postponed uh, you know possibly forever but in <laughs> there's, Gaza, there's a reason for that in Gaza it's a million it's a million times worse I mean just just find one one person who is holding a camera and is standing against Hamas and uh, you know even after that okay, but I, I will ask find you this that question person one day later <laughs> If, if you held a, a snap election on October 6th in the Gaza Strip that was somehow independent with monitors and there, there wasn't any, you know, election rigging by Hamas and it was a fair election on the 6th, right before what happened on the 7th, do you think Hamas would win in the Gaza Strip? Uh, well, uh... I think it would. Hello. And that is a really hard thing for people to face. Mm. True. On every single side. Yeah. Because A, 
it means the conditions of the Israeli blockade around, you know, Gaza has increased popular support within the Strip for Hamas. Um, it B means that a lot of Palestinians living in the Strip support Hamas and and and, su and support you know what they want and and again let, let me let me be clear clear here left's answer is not like off the top of his head there's there's been opinion polling and, and there's there's a there's 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 a very widely held opinion that that Hamas holds a very wide base of support within the strip um but it, there are all these ramifications from something that that I don't think as many people are talking about because if they do either a which yeah it, it will be used in some places in Israel to to support striking civilian infrastructure and hitting civilian targets um and so I I, I think that drives a lot of fear um when people decide to talk about it or try to talk about it because they feel that that it that it will legitimize to some degree at least in the international space and domestically within israel actions against civilian targets which again i i think i've said this 15 times on twitter now but you know killing civilians isn't okay like mm -hmm. i i have really 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 that's yeah, what like uh, when when a uh, senior commander of Hamas is who is responsible for killing Israelis is hiding in a civilian uh, structure in a civilian building in a tower, uh, you know if if you want to call it a war crime, you know this is a this is Hamas's war crime. Not you know I, I'm hearing I'm reading the word war crime every minute under my tweets, so uh, I, I I kind of got uh, used to it, but. You know when they and that, they that are, is certainly and, and an argument. Is hiding in a uh, in a in a house that is not just his house, but lots of children are living inside it. It this is not this is uh, some this is a wrong deed by the Hamas uh, terrorists, not not by the Israeli government. Of course, I'm not happy. I'm I don't cheer. I, I publicly announced that I was actually confronted about it. That I don't cheer for the death of civilians, and I won't at all ever again uh, not again ever but you know what what is what is funny that is it's always the the, the ball is always in uh on, on israeli's court uh no one sees that what is Ham what has hamas started what has hamas what is hamas doing right now at the moment what is where is hamas uh hiding you know do you see any kind of uh, pop uh, you know uh let's say official base of hamas in in gaza where is their defense ministry where is whatever they're calling it they don't have any specific and any uh special place for their operations it's not that it's not like the matkal base in like like the 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 in the tel aviv they don't have a uh specific place for putting their army for putting their milit militants so of course all of them are uh you know, uh, uh, around all of Gaza Strip. So, of course, when they are being targeted, there are casualties on the civilian side. No, and 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 you do hold a point there, it, that one of Hamas's largest strengths, if you can call it that, is the fact that they hide among civilians. Is that they launch from areas that are populated by civilians? I mean, there's. There's there's footage of Hamas rock. It's literally coming out of someone's backyard, in in in, in a populated area near um, near Ramallah in the Al Shati camp. 
Um, I think it was in that general area. I forget. I, I geolocated it, but it was, it was coming from someone's backyard. Um, and, yeah. oh, shoot, just found it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was in the Al Shati camp area. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there's, there's a level of Israeli response that has to justify those civilian deaths. Mm-hmm. And not only, not only from like, the baseline international laws of war. Yeah, we were, you know, conducting a necessary strike against an enemy combatant, and we did everything we could to reduce collateral damage and, and civilian deaths. But there, there is a level of answering to the international international community of, you know, oh, well, you just killed fifty civilians to to kill a single Hamas member. You know, how can you justify that? Um, if if he wasn't an active and sustained threat to your forces. Or, or or to to Israeli civilians it um, doesn't just say that true you you're correct but uh, what if I mean uh, it's just a what if what if that person was uh, responsible for uh, ordering more uh, terror actions I mean uh, you have to no, and, and, and more or more rocket attacks is it is it someone who you know you can you can justify that strike on is is there that that clear and present danger to your forces and it it goes back yeah. to some of like the baseline tenets of international law and yeah if you look at international law in a vacuum it's frankly fairly cruel and heartless in in what it allows and it was built on a lot of principles that yeah has evolved somewhat from world war ii are we are um, we talking about the geneva uh Convention laws and well, which which yeah, I mean, in in general, the international laws of war have been have been officialized through the Geneva Conventions, uh-huh. um, which have kind of been steadily updated since the early 1900s. Um, but if you look and and I actually have to find direct sections to quote here, um, uh... it it comes back largely to the the question of proportionality, as I said earlier, what. What does a proportional response to the events of the seventh of October actually look like? And it's it's going to be a different answer for different people. And it's obviously a balance that Israel has to find between, obviously, as you say, the 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 way that international law is is written and phrased, and between what is acceptable both to a domestic population and also to the international community. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, I assume the the proper uh, response that uh, uh, that could be significant for Israel is that uh, they have to act in a way to prevent further similar operations. I call them terror at, uh, attacks hmm. that they conducted on October seventh. So, as uh, I assume, this is the proper thing that as as long as they 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 have to go to stop and to prevent uh, a similar action, uh, I think they will go. And personally, I think they have to go. Because, well, any country, any sane government would put its own people first before anything and any other state or any other nation or any other um, group. So, I mean, they're... they're, Some countries do, some countries don't. Some some countries do have the belief that that are, as the government is the extension of the will of the people, 
the will of the people's job is to protect the institution of the government. I think I think all countries believe that to some degree. I mean, if you yeah, look, I added the like stain in the first the first yeah. of my 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 phrase because of that. Uh, I mean, at least Israel, because uh, it's a population. Uh, it's a matter of population, you know. Uh, you gotta keep uh, that small amount of people surrounded by the countries that you have a uh, kind of a dark history with, especially in 1960s and 70s. With, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's Israel is basically surrounded by the nations that attacked uh, her uh, less than, uh, let's say, less than 60 years ago. So uh, I assume that keeping your own people happy and protected uh, is something that you have to root for and Israel is rooting for. Because, uh, uh, well, you are not uh, having as much as people uh, as your neighbors. I'm sorry. I'm I'm currently trying to skim back over the 1949 Geneva Conventions <laughs> relative to the protection of civilian persons in times of war. Um and yeah, good lord, 100 and something articles. Um but you know, in in general, you know, if you look at articles 13 and 32, civilians are to be protected from murder, torture, brutality, and from the discrimination on the basis of race, nationality, religion, or political opinion. So if if you look at, at what the international laws of war say, just because someone voted for Hamas or supported Hamas, which, it, again, also if you look at the population curve of the Gaza Strip, pretty much no one was, a, or almost no one was of voting age back, you know, in 2006, or, or a very large chunk of the population just wasn't of voting age. Um... You know, there's. It was a takeover. There other, there was, well, well, it's, the, it's, elections that led really, to a takeover and dumping people off the top of buildings. Um, but it, if you look at the Geneva Conventions, if if you look at the Fourth Geneva Conventions, which are the ones of '49, um, you know, protection of hospitals, protection of civilians. There's there's the general idea that you know, the deaths of civilians should be. Um, should be avoided should should be avoided at all cost or not all costs but all reasonable costs um, and but can you can you find a uh let's say an office that holds hamas seniors and uh al-qassam uh, that the military wing of hamas seniors uh in one place, can you find them in a... I mean, you know where is the commander of the IDF. You know where is the chief of staff of the Israel, uh, Israeli army. You know who's where. Yeah, generally. no, I, I, and again, it is very easy. The Israeli army operates out of very controlled points, and, and there isn't that level of ambiguity when it comes to, to targets. And, and as you've said, that is that is something that Hamas curates very carefully. They they want to ensure that every single Israeli strike to kill a Hamas fighter involves the deaths of civilians. That's yeah. that is that is that is not a stated goal of Hamas. It's pretty clear that it's one of their goals. Um, and so, again, that that just that puts the Israelis into a bad situation whenever they have to conduct an action against Hamas. 
Um, and that's that's by design. Um, at the same time, though, the Israelis are are at least right now fairly clearly taking actions. If you look at some of the mapping, and I can I can just pull up Sentinel um, and and see some of the destruction in in the western part of Gaza City. And and sorry, what are what what's that apartment complex that they've basically just completely leveled at this point? Um, Today? No, I think they finished it yesterday. Um, today uh, today building was uh musa arafat um, no it was like it was like six it, it was like eight or eight or ten buildings um oh you're here. talking about azahra um, yes yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah which i was mispronouncing a bunch um but yeah, if you look at something like that like was there a Hamas target in every building? No. Was Hamas probably using the complex pretty heavily? Yeah, probably. Um, and and, uh, and is there, there is, is there a way to is there a way to to extract the Hamas terrorists out of those buildings? No, right? No, but at, at the same time, is knocking all of them down a proportionate response? Also, probably not. There is a level of collective punishment ongoing there with with what the Israelis yes, are doing. I completely agree. But uh, we also saw that the precise uh, strikes that just took out one of the units out of one apartment. I uh, I'm not justifying uh, the leveling of a whole, uh, you know, residential complex, but. Uh, I mean, we saw it in the past 15 days that v when it was possible, apparently Israel did that. I mean, we saw lots of images, videos, footage from uh, what, what was happened when there was just one building, there was just one apartment in a building, and it was targeted quite precisely. Uh, still, I'm not justifying, and I, I have no idea what was happening inside the Azahra complex, but... Uh, Yes, it happened. It got leveled, uh, and you know, uh, it reminds me the building of uh, Jala buildings. Uh, building actually, it was just one in two thousand twenty or nineteen. Uh, they uh, they build and actually Al Jazeera had a uh, office inside that building. It got roof knocked. They called the uh, owner of the whole tower. Uh, after that, they destroyed it because apparently there were you uh, there were uh, rocket launches from the building, and uh, IDF published some footage that they were using the building as a Hamas HQ uh, in several different levels and floors in the same building. Oh Actually, yeah, now that there was that's 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 an instance that's been. Uh... I, I don't know a lot of accusations got thrown around in in relation to how much they knew um you know what was going on um I I do think there is an aspect of you know let this teach them a lesson um where Hopefully. where we where we do see you know but but like <sighs> that that is that's where things get 
really messy um, in in that sort of idea and principle of, yeah, well, it doesn't really matter if, you know, we kill a few or a lot of civilians in this strike because they deserve it. Um, that's that's where you cross the line. That's that's immediately. No, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course, of course. This this is this is this can't be justified. Even one civilian death cannot be justified. But uh, you know, there's a curtain on the on the on the truth that this is Hamas's fault, not not Israeli fault. I'm not saying that uh, it's uh, it's not it's not complete. Like it's something that Israel has zero percent fault. Well. <laughs> Uh, from the beginning of the October 7th, it could be prevented if there were proper uh, oh, and proper prevention and proper intelligence uh, uh, readiness for what, what, what was started. But, uh, you know, most of the thing is, I can say, like, with confidence that over 90% of the thing that... that we are seeing civilian casualties. Is Hamas's fault? They are hiding between civilian areas, uh, amongst people, amongst civilians. They are using on on, to, on 2019, if I remember correctly, uh, one of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad uh, persons who was responsible for delivering the funds from Iran to. Uh, peach terrorists was Hamid Khadari. Uh, his car, the delegation of his car, uh, his, his actually his kind of let's say motor, uh, let's say motorcade, uh, got targeted in Gaza. There were no civilian casualties; just his vehicle got got targeted by IDF UAV. But he was uh, his car was uh, moving amongst the civilian cars. I mean, just imagine that. Uh, there were extra uh, casualties and they were civilians. Who would you blame? The terrorist who was hiding and moving and transporting amongst the civilians or uh, the government or the army that conducted this strike? Uh, this is the whole thing that Hamas is using. Uh, lots and lots and let's not say all, but lots of civilian areas, mosques, schools, wherever they find to launch rockets, to conduct their operations, to uh, uh, use their communication, uh, you know, uh, let's say, not, let's not say towers, but for relays for lots of things. And they are running, uh, you know, uh, they're pretty much getting away with everything because there are civilian casualties. And also, let's not forget that a Hamas member who is sleeping in his own house, uh, you know, well, the uh, Palestinian community, uh, it's kind of an Islamic uh, belief that you have to, let's say, uh, you have to be fruitful. So they have, they also have children. They also have a wife or wives. So... I mean, even if you target that person directly and that person doesn't have neighbors, that person's family will get killed. No, absolutely. And then that's, yeah, like just targeting someone's house. Oh, and, and other situations where we've seen, you know, 
the the targeting or or at least attacks against just structures that are known to be owned or occupied um by by Hamas members that that you know they're the IDF pretty clearly isn't that sure whether or not they're there or they just want to conduct a strike um to to serve as as kind of a punitive action um against that Hamas member there there really is a question I, there I would, of, ask, of... I would ask that uh, I believe that Israel has enough uh, information from Gaza to obtain a target. Of course, there are errors, obviously. Well, I mean, if, if they have if they have that level of targeting information about the the location of an individual, um, then there are strikes then. That, that have been conducted against their homes and their families um, where where the IDF knows that they aren't present and still have conducted a strike. Um, yeah, so uh, we got to jump, jump back to the case of like Abu Atta, uh, Baha Abu Atta, the Islamic Jihad, uh, actually super senior commander who got killed uh, with his family. Uh, well, there were civilian casualties too, uh, but yeah, of course there are errors. There, this is not a 100% precise operation, and it never is as long as we are in this current technology. If there is a proper tracking or whatever the proper. Uh, um, but but would you would you say the IDF has conducted strikes against the homes of Hamas members, even if they know they're not present? I'm not certain, but I, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't answer that clearly because I don't have clear answer for that. But, but would uh, you say it's it's past the realm of possibility, or or would you would you say it's possible? It is. It certainly is. Okay, and and if they were to do something like that, would it be justified? No. So you got to I mean, you got to kind of square those two in the fact that yeah yeah yeah, really yeah, yeah. I, yeah I agree but but uh still it's a uh you know it's an enemy force if especially if they're a senior commander I'm not talking about political ones yes of course the political there is no political member in Hamas that they are not affiliated with the Al Qassam David with the military wing but uh Yes, there are errors, and of course they can't be. No civilian casualty can can be justified from either sides, and I am against cheering for that. Uh, and any sane and he, anyone who has one percent of humanity in themselves uh, won't be happy for the for death of a civilian, even wife of I don't know. A the the commander of uh, Hamas, either political or military, but uh, it's uh, it's not something that you can just. It's not a binary thing that you can say it's good or it's bad. It, it is happening. It started by Hamas, and Israel is trying its best to eradicate Hamas somehow. But as we talked before, and as you mentioned before. I don't think there would be a 
100% eradication because uh, yeah but, but what I mentioned about ISIS there are still ISIS members US uh, the uh, you know ex-president of the United States said that we ended ISIS there are still ISIS members even in uh, Egypt uh, even in Syria even in Iraq uh, same thing would uh, imply to the Hamas case no, absolutely, and 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 you will. I think I think that's another thing that that we've already talked about. And <laughs> so, so John sent me a message ten minutes ago that we had to wrap up soon, but <laughs> I'm gonna keep talking because I want to punish him. Um, okay. But I I I think there's a degree to which, and and we we addressed this earlier, but you'll never be able to get rid of Hamas like as an organization within the Gaza Strip and probably within the broader Palestinian territories to a degree. And if not the Palestinian territories, then Lebanon or Syria, like they're, they're going to exist in some level there. Um, True. Obviously. And, and the Israelis kind of have to approach that to a degree and, and consider what their operational intentions look like then. Um, just, I just think because... Israel, Israel's, Israel's goal is to de-rocketify Hamas. Uh, well, so it's, at... yeah, de-rocket, or, or remove the cap... And again, they've said this, remove the capability of Hamas to attack Israel. Yeah, precisely. I don't think but they'll ever yes, be able to do that completely, though. There is no such thing as eradic uh, like extinction of Hamas or ISIS or... This is an ideology. You can't wipe them off uh, unless you wipe the ideology off. Yeah. Uh, and so... I, I, I don't think the Israeli government wants to address a lot of the steps that would have to be taken to wipe the ideology out. And I'm, I'm, not, this... I'm, not, I'm not talking about genocide there. I'm, I'm talking about actions they would have to take to, to make the broader body of Palestinians amenable exactly. to the existence of Israel. Thing, and, and it's it's kind of tied... Uh, we're talking about Middle East. We're not talking about an, uh, a, a, a bunch of atheist uh, states. Their beliefs and their religion is tied to them, the groups that, are, that they are members of. So uh, the ideology of Hamas is not just the ideology of resisting what they call themselves islamic resistance uh it's it's not just something political they think that this is their duty this is their religious duty they they are performing jihad uh so yeah uh there is no complete uh you know you, you can't get rid of them completely but you can uh you know you can stop them from being a serious threat yeah of course some of maybe one day we are seeing it every week every month that someone some some person stabs one israeli citizen two israeli citizens inside uh israeli cities <clears throat> so this is not going away and and it's not going to uh uh be stopped but uh, we are talking about something in a in a bigger scale, something that uh, Hamas was capable of doing on on October seventh. Uh, uh, I assume that Israeli government and IDF um, goal is to stop Hamas 
uh, from being a serious threat. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I, I also believe that that is a that is a goal currently by the IDF. Don't know exactly how they're going to get there, yeah, but I it's definitely a stated goal. And I, I, I really don't think any of us know that because, I mean. The resources just don't exist to what go go door to door in Gaza and and ask people if they support Hamas or know any Hamas members or are they a Hamas member? Like just, just, they, just, the Israelis don't have the resources to do that. Um, yeah, but and so offering, they're, they're trust me, offering some uh, you know good advantages and good good rewards can do that can turn people against each other i mean i um, i don't i don't think you'll ever get to that point especially especially within the gaza strip i i, I just if, if you look at the broader support and if if you look at the way that especially the the information environment within the strip has been controlled and prepped by hamas um yeah this this, or, this remember we talked uh, you and dave were talking about just scratching the surface this is something pretty much bigger than what we can uh, talk about before John kills us. So. <laughs> I, I think we're approaching it pretty quickly. He's... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. This has been a much longer episode than normal. Uh, but as we yeah. said at the start of the episode, this is such a broad topic that we can only really scratch the surface tonight. This is the first episode that I'm a guest in... Uh the ocean bunker with a diagnosed cancer and i'm sorry for my coughs and that's all we're we're, but, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna link the uh the fundraiser also below actually uh, it was pretty much good i finished my second cycle two days ago three and two days ago actually it was two days uh it's it's all thanks to you guys and uh, uh what's that word cassis belly my yeah. friend from yeah you know him yes yeah. um i i i'm using this this mic to just say thank you all from uh what all you did from the retweets to the to payments to support to codes kind words and whatever has happened and you know it's a it's a very 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 huge pleasure uh for myself and my life that i'm fighting for because you supported and you kind of made it happen. Thank you so much. Consider this in the most utilitarian way, us investing in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I really I really do hope things go as well as possible. It's it's good that things were caught early and it's good that I think everyone came together. Yeah. 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 Indeed. I hope uh, we can continue this discussion. I know uh, this is getting too much, too long, but you know, uh, I'm not satisfied with, with where we are at right now because I feel like we didn't uh, reach a proper conclusion, and which we, uh, right now we can't because I the, the the you know uh, I'm I'm foreseeing some ground operations, and you know that that is going to to happen. According to the Israeli army, with the leaflets that they dropped and lots of the things, but uh, uh, I assume that 
this is going to be something that uh, lots of people are rooting for to continue and I'll be happy and be I'll be honored to be involved in the next ones too yeah on that note um, thank you again to Alif and, and also to David from Aurora Intel for joining us for this episode um, no doubt we will be uh, discussing further either next episode or the following episode um, in regards to the ongoing situation and as things develop um, as technical said we're going to link uh, the fundraiser for uh, Aleph's cancer treatment um, in the description of the uh, podcast episode below um, but with that thank you very much for listening ladies and gentlemen um, this has been a rather much longer uh, episode of the OSINT Bunker podcast but we hope um, that it has been interesting for you all um, and we look forward to uh, having you back on the podcast soon.